And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. Matthew chapter 27, verse 59 and 60. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, I think on past Christmases, I've sort of caught the parallel between the circumstances of our Lord's birth and then his coming death. But this is the first year we're sort of standing as we do on Holy Saturday and thinking about Jesus placed in the tomb, seeing the parallel back the other direction to where his life began. And the number of things that God, the master storyteller and the master um, communicator to us sort of wove together that the man, the first man who held his body was named Joseph. And the last man who held his body was named Joseph. And there's this sort of parallelism. And, you know, traditionally it's understood that Jesus was, play, was um, born in a cave or at least in a rock cutout. And here he is ending his mortal life, being placed back into a rock cutout. And then um, on top of that, the parallels, knowing that Jesus is the word of God through whom the world was made in the beginning that on the seventh day, Saturday, um, Jesus, the God, the God, rested from his creation. And on the seventh day, Saturday, he rested from his, even his work of redemption. But there's this sort of one-day pause, you know, three days if you count the two on either side, but this momentary pause of rest between the end of the old creation and the beginning of the new. That new creation will come into existence in the wee hours of this night. But there's this day of rest ahead of time. And that, you know, this is the marvels that when we remembered the fullness of Jesus's divine identity, that he was the very one who made rocks. (laughs) And here he is like at the ultimate um, descent of his humility that, you know, we, we could even take the Philippians hymn of the descent, you know, he took on the form of a man and the servant and died the death on a cross. And then in that, he actually became, as it were, vegetable, right? Just inanimate matter. He went so, in terms of his redemption, he went to the very bottom of the created order. In, you know, cold, his body would have been as cold as the stone it was lying on. He was inanimate matter, going down to the very bottom of creation. And of course, we know his soul went even further than that, down into the place of the dead. And we get these cryptic passages in Peter about him preaching to the patriarchs. That's how they're traditionally interpreted. Abraham and Elijah and Isaac finally got to see with the eyes of their soul the Savior who they'd been waiting for. This symbolism sort of becomes um, kind of in that almost like poetic level and kind of mind-blowing too that here's Christ who is described as the rock in the, the nourished in the wilderness and the cornerstone on which the new Jerusalem is built. And he is the rock and he's being placed into this rock, this burial tomb. He submitted to the Father's will to the very bitter end, and he finished his course. And he takes this day's rest. And even the sort of accidental rhyme that we just happen to have in English between tomb and womb, right? There's a way in which, in the same way that a a child is hidden in his or her mother's womb until they come forth and there's this new life. And that even sort of this picture of Jesus sort of 
almost like, you know, to use the language he used about himself, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I love that the intersection of those images that, you know, it says in Romans, I forget if it's the end of chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 5, but he was raised for our justification. His perfection would have been alone to himself unless he died and rose again. And it's in this moment, like a seed, he's placed in the ground. And new life will soon be springing forth from the tomb. In an analogous way to the way new life springs forth from the womb still in nature. Jesus, in just a few short hours, will celebrate being brought forth alive, healed, made immortal, glorious and triumphant in his resurrected body, in which we always do well to remember he still lives, that he never shed his humanity. He joined himself to us forever to remain our great high priest forever. So now before the um, birth pangs of creation, and again, the symbolism layers on that it was an earthquake and this sort of, I think one of the gospels, I think narrates a lightning bolt even, that uh, at the tomb, there's this sort of like pangs of being born into new creation, immortal human life. But before that, there's this momentary rest, a calm before the holy storm breaks forth into the world of resurrected life in Jesus Christ, available to us all now by faith, through our union with him, through our baptism. So I invite you just to, in a way, um, rest and enjoy these few hours uh, before we celebrate Easter Vigil. And may the Lord bless you with the peace of his rest on this Holy Saturday. Amen.